last patient was presented by Dr. Kuo, a patient who was evaluated for surgical resection and transplant, but chose initial treatment with TACE. The group considered an ASCO paper by Hanks et al. on a retrospective review of 122 patients treated with either TACE or TAE, transarterial embolization. Their procedures were equally well tolerated, but 37% of patients experienced an adverse event, and readmission to the hospital was required in 10%. The data suggested that adding chemotherapy to embolization does not improve survival compared to bland embolization. Another paper by Stockland et al. focused on the use of preoperative chemoembolization in 132 patients with HCC undergoing liver transplantation. The tumor recurrence rate was no different in the group that received or did not receive treatment. It's clear that further research will be required to clearly define the role of these local treatment modalities, and until that time, there will be great controversy about clinical management, as demonstrated by Dr. Kuo's case. So 50-year-old white female comes to our clinic, hepatitis C, blood transfusion. Like many patients, progressed to cirrhosis. She was a null responder to standard interferon. And six months ago, on a dual-phase spiral CT, she had a 1.5-centimeter hypervascular lesion, which demonstrated washout and was confirmed by a MRI done at Johns Hopkins. His alpha-feta protein was 220. We discussed ablative of options. She elected to undergo TACE, and this lesion was successfully treated. Alpha-feta protein fell to 80 nanogram per milliliter. Can I just ask why she didn't want a transplant? Single lesion, 1.5 centimeters, working 60 hours a week, three small children, child's A cirrhotic. She wouldn't get she's points. She's a child's A, and unless she's two centimeters or greater, she wouldn't get right. priority points. She'd have the lowest meld on the list. And depending on the location... We dome re- of the liver. Well, that would oh, be difficult to ablate because I'd be very tempted dome? to try to radio yeah, frequency ablate that. We sent her to a surgeon who said, I'd love to. It's just in a bad area. Bad area. You know, at our institution, we would have watched this closely with the idea that if it became two centimeters, she would then be high priority on the meld and be transplanted with curative intent. Given the recurrence of HCV in the liver, I would just tell you with someone who is doing this well... We offered that to her, but there is a survival detriment with hepatitis C post-transplantation. She's doing very, very well. We offered her that option, Dr. Finn, and in fact, you're absolutely correct, but she was a nurse who was well aware of hep C post-transplant course. She elected to try this first. That course you described, I think, would be an equally cogent course to pursue. She just chose not to, and I thought this was a reasonable choice for her to make. What about your surgeon just excising this? Surgical excision. She saw the surgeon. Right. And that's what she said. She said it would probably be a mini lap or conversion to open because of its location. Sure. She elected to go with taste. I see. How would you think it through, Dr. Gamble? I think those are very different things. If she has a 1.5 centimeter hypervascular lesion confined to the dome of the right lobe of the liver, chemoembolization versus resection, I would certainly encourage her to consider resection. I think that it's, they're not equal tools. Paul, let me ask you another question on this. Now, if she were to ask you, tell me the best treatment option that is available that will make my survival based on not just one person on a cohort of patients with a similar problem. Resection, RFA, taste, and transplantation. Based on the evidence, what would you recommend? Based on the evidence right now, it's probably going to be orthotopic liver transplantation. Dr. Gamlin, could you answer that question? I would agree with that, and I don't think that she can get there at one5 Unless she has a live donor, that would be her option to go for a liver transplant immediately. So do you think the option of waiting till it's two is reasonable? I think it's reasonable. 
And what would you advise her in terms of the statistics on the risk of post-transplant complications in this situation? I would advise her the five-year survival, and then it's kind of really institutional dependent on the volume that an institution does. So at your place? As far as our place, a 50-year-old lady who's otherwise very healthy, I think her risks are extremely low. I'm not a transplant surgeon, so I do just surgical oncology, so I'd have to have our transplant team see her. But I think they could bring her through our system very safely. You mentioned the issue of the hepatitis C post-transplant. Post-transplant hepatitis C can be more aggressive. And in fact, the very large study done by Mike Lucy that was published showed that indeed hepatitis C survival is worse than all other etiologies. We looked at the national database on HCC in HCV versus other conditions. So we have a large cohort in the Maldera, about 5,000 patients transplanted since 2002. And when we looked at the outcome, survival, HCV patients, the survival in those subgroup competitors was not any different from those transplanted for non-HCC causes. That means there was a mild decrease but it was similar to what we would expect from hepatitis C. So they did equally well, because the reason we did this study was there were some concerns that HCV patients may have a different tumor biology. The recurrence rate is going to be higher, and they probably will have a poor prognosis, more than what one would expect from hepatitis C alone. So there was no additional negative impact. In fact, the survival was extremely good in these patients, because they were reasonably healthy patients. No, they didn't have the advanced portal hypertension or renal failure. So their five-year survival was excellent in the MELD era. Can you kind of bring us up to date on this patient? So her alpha-fetal protein came down to 80. She was taste, and she tolerated it very well. Alpha-fetal protein fell. Then she came back to us. Her alpha-fetal protein is now up to 500. Last month, the previous month, it was 320. ALT, 170. AST, 180. INR, 1.1, platelet count 77,000. Radiologists tell us that they can't find anything for sure that looks like a recurrent HCC. So basically, and that's where you're at with this patient right now. Until yesterday. What happened yesterday? Well, do you want to just... Now, did you get an MRI? So you're... I got both. Okay. So does the MRI actually help now? No, it contributes. They don't see any discernible recurrent HCC on MR but she didn't go to Baltimore. So we would do a hepatic angiogram. Obviously, that would be something to consider to look for a hypervascular lesion. What is the timeline? She is now out. I believe she'll be now be out five months. From the taste? Yes. When they did the taste, did they actually find a tumor? Yes. And it was very saturated with lipidol? Did they hit it? I mean, in other words, they hit it. They hit it. Okay. And well, no we know other because, lesions? you know, it's something her AFP fell to 80 yeah, but, but from fairly elevated. When so. you did subsequent imaging, the tumor that was there was did no not, longer... Yeah, that's, it was not there. Non-enhancing at all. That's or, right. Yeah. Just a tiny bit of hyperemia around the edges, which I wasn't sure how to interpret that, but they seemed to think that was just from the necrosis, do you know what I'm saying, just yeah. around the periphery. Yeah. And no extrahepatic disease that you know of. Absolutely not. So what happened yesterday? What do people think with the AFP? I know, I mean, so the 500 is a little higher than the sort of magic 400, but I see patients like this all the time, and there are some people who think she may not have disease. I mean, even that 500 can be, she's probably got very active hepatitis C now, I would think, with the transaminases elevated. You know, just things going on in the liver can make the AFP go up. It's a little higher. She's probably got tumor, but... Dr. Thomas, that's exactly right, and I gritted my teeth. I know it is. You repeated the AFP, right? Yes, I did. And it dropped. Yes, down to (laughs) 70. (laughs) Uh Good, I like it. Down to 70. 
And so, so this is just a lab variation? Yes. The take-home point here that I wanted to just say is, in our guidelines, AFP was removed as one of the screening tests. And this is part and parcel of why, because these AFPs, particularly in hepatitis C, can fluctuate considerably. In this case, the reason I didn't push her to transplant right away was also her ALT and AST had become, just as you said, more active. And I said, this could just be necroinflammatory turnover with the oncofetal antigen Mm -hmm. AFP Mm -hmm. going up. And hence, whereas we're all nervous, we've got good imaging studies that have demonstrated that it does appear to be completely treated. And I said, prior to the treatment where the AST and ALT were quite indolent in the 30s and 40s, post-taste it was higher. And I said, we just might be looking at higher AFP, though obviously with the known HCC, we just have to be more vigilant. I told her if it kept going up, we would just transplant her. If it fell, we would just image and follow her very, very closely. And I have discussed with her serafinib therapy just to see if she's interested. She's pondering and will come back. Wow, great case. Really instructive.